Good morning, church. Good to see you this holiday weekend, the last official weekend of the, of the summer. And I tell you, everybody ought to be in a great mood. OSU won their game big Thursday night. OU won big yesterday in Texas. And Texas got beat. Don't you love it? The one lone Texas fan back here. And he's still proudly wearing that Longhorn shirt, that ugly color. I get a lot of help when I preach. And, uh, you know, this morning I was told, hey, make sure you keep this short. I've also been told by one of my good friends that every good sermon needs to have a reference to baseball. Okay, today I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to make two of them, okay? Don McCullough in his discipleship journal tells a story about a manager of a minor league baseball team that got so frustrated with his center fielder that he pulled him off the field and he grabbed his glove and said, you go sit down. And he went and manned center field himself where the first ball that came out to him hit, took a bad hop, hit him in the mouth, gave him a fat lip, The second ball was a high fly ball that he lost in the sun and hit him on top of the forehead. The third ball was a line drive and he was sure to make this catch and he went running up on it, outstretched arms, you know. The ball went right between his hands, tipped off his glove, hit him right in the eye and he he just angrily ran off the field, grabbed the center fielder by the jersey and said, get back in there. You've got center field so messed up, I can't even do anything with it. Well, we live in a, in a world where no one wants to accept responsibility for their own actions, for their own decisions, mistakes, and most importantly, we don't want to accept responsibility for our own sin. We want to pass the buck. You've probably seen that cartoon where the boss yells at the dad, dad comes home, yells at the mom, mom then yells at the daughter, daughter yells at the, at the son, the dog finally kicks the dog in, you know, in frustration, and we just pass the buck. I want you to listen to some of these real court cases that were brought up, and I think they are some of the most bizarre, you know, ridiculous lawsuits that were brought up last year. And, and I think it just proves that in our society, we're always looking for somebody else to blame. A woman from Wichita Falls, Texas is suing the federal government after she alleged a bowling alley employee at Shepherd Air Force Base spilled hot nacho cheese sauce on her finger. She claims that the cheesy injury resulted in restricted work hours and ultimately caused her to lose her job. She's seeking $95,000 for injury and damages. Hmm. This New Jersey man is suing owners of an apartment complex for injuries he claimed that was suffered from a reckless, careless, and neglectfully discarded Christmas tree that caused him injury. Kai Tuk Chung of New Milford, New Jersey, claims he suffered severe and permanent injuries from this discarded Christmas tree, and the experience has caused him great pain, torment, both mental and physical. Two Florida lawyers, and, and by the way, these guys are both friends are in court because of a handshake that left one of the attorneys in severe pain. George Valero, 
age 76, claims that his friend Peter Lindley, age 60, shook his hand so violently hard that it caused him reoccurring pain. What's more, Valero claims that this lawsuit would have been avoided if his buddy Lindley had just apologized. With no apology, Valero is seeking $100,000 in damages for the handshake or the injury for pain and suffering that was caused by this oppressive handshake. Well, here's one from Tallahassee, Florida. The El Jalesco restaurant is a popular place for people to go, and they have a donkey that a lot of people like to, I guess, take their picture on it. Well, this one woman is suing the restaurant after she hopped up on this statue of the donkey, and she slid off, and she injured herself. She visited the restaurant voluntarily, Kimberly Boone was her name, in which she said when she got on the donkey, it was smooth and slick, causing her to slide off and, and injure herself. She's seeking $15,000 because the restaurant owner encouraged these patrons to get on the donkey and it lacks safety features such as steps, a ladder, and a non-slip saddle. Well, I'm pretty sure that all of those lawsuits were dismissed, or at least they should have been, but they do reflect the tendency that we have in our society to pass the buck, to do anything we can to keep from accepting responsibility of ourselves. And I think there's this tendency not only in our society, but for personally, for us to just try to blame somebody else for anything that goes wrong. We want to blame the government for financial issues. We blame the boss if our job doesn't keep us happy and entertained. We blame our spouse for unhappiness within our home. We've got to blame somebody. And we hear people say all the time, well, that's just the way I am. I can't help it. Really? That's just the way I am. I want to tell you what that is. That's a cop-out for not accepting responsibility. I know people in their 50s and 60s, and their parents are already in heaven or in, in the grave somewhere, but they are still blaming their parents for how they were raised. They're blaming their parents for their personality, their addictive behavior, their anger issues, and it's all their parents' fault because that's how they were raised. And I've got to be honest, I think I've caught myself doing that sometimes. And as far as childhoods go, I had a really good one. There's a word for this kind of thinking, and the Bible calls it foolishness. It's foolish to blame your parents, your boss, your spouse, your kids for your unhappiness, for your choices, or for your, just your general state of unhappiness. It's, it's, that's foolish. And what's even worse is that Sometimes we make a train wreck of our, our life and we want to blame somebody else. I see this happen frequently where people make poor choices and because of their poor choices, it affects their life and maybe even their family, but yet they're going to pass the buck and, and they're going to blame somebody else and maybe even get angry with God. God, how could you let this happen? Yeah, I know I smoked for 30 or 40 years, but how could you have let me get lung cancer? Yeah, I know I've mismanaged my finances for decades, but God, how could you let me go bankrupt? Yeah, I know I really haven't 
done my job with much enthusiasm and I've just kind of half-heartedly done it, but how could you let me get fired, God? I was expecting that promotion. But I want to tell you, this isn't a new phenomenon. In fact, King Solomon saw it in his day. And I've got one passage, uh, one verse I want to kind of spring forward from today. And it's Proverbs chapter 19, verse 3. And I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. I just like the way it, it translated this verse. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness. There's that Bible word. And then they are angry at the Lord. You know, some people are, are absolutely determined to blame somebody else for everything that goes wrong in life. Do you remember in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve? And they were, were told that they couldn't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And guess what they did? And then God came that evening and said, Adam, what did you do? God, it wasn't my fault. It, you know, that woman that you gave me, it's her fault. And God said to Eve, what, what have you done? Well, it's not my fault. I was deceived by the serpent. And the blame game began in the Garden of Eden, and we have continued with the blame game ever since. We're not going to accept responsibility for ourselves. Do you wonder what would have happened when God asked Adam and Eve, what have you done? If they'd have said, God, we're going to own it. We blew it. We're sorry. Would you give us another chance? But no, they wanted to deny it and blame somebody else. They wouldn't accept responsibility. And mankind has been doing that ever since. But I think today is a day for us to stand up and say, I will place the blame no more. Today, I want to take responsibility for myself. And I think that's where we're at. We need to own our stuff. I alone am responsible for my feelings, my motives, my actions, my life. And I'm not going to blame my mom or dad. I'm not going to blame my boss, my wife, or the government, or even God for the circumstances in my life because of my decisions. I think there are some steps, and I want to give you three steps that I think we can work towards in helping to take responsibility for our actions. The first one is to take ownership of your feelings. Take ownership of your feelings. Years ago when I was a youth minister, I was doing a series on, uh, on love and dating, and I had this girl in our youth group that she just objected really viciously because I, I encouraged them to choose who they fall in love with and to choose wisely. And she just objected and said, you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, really? I said, well, let's talk about that. Why don't I know what I'm talking about? Well, you can't choose who you fall in love with. You can't? No, it just happens. You have no control over who you fall in love with. I mean, we see that in the movies and fairy tales, but unfortunately, we live in a real world, not in a movie or in fairy tales, and so we are responsible for who we fall in love with. We get to choose. You see, love's a choice. It's not a ditch or a, a ledge that you can fall off of. We have to accept responsibility. And sadly, in the 20 plus years that I've known this young lady, she has went from one bad relationship to another, all falling in love with deadbeat guys. But 
in her defense, it's not her fault, okay? Because in her line of thinking, you can't help who you fall in love with, so she really doesn't have any choice in it. See, it's easier to pass the buck and say, I, I can't help it, it just, that just happens. You know how many times I've heard someone say, well, I can't help the way I feel. That's just the way it is. Maybe you've said that yourself, but do you know what? We can, most of the time, help the way we feel. Or at least, we can decide how we're going to respond to those feelings. We get to choose. You see, accepting responsibility begins when you said, I am not going to be controlled by my feelings and my emotions any longer. Fifty times or more in the Bible, we are instructed not to fear. Because fear is an emotion, and, and we have to take ownership of our emotions. King David, the Apostle Peter, Apostle Paul, Jesus himself said, don't worry, don't fear. Philippians 4, 7, and 8, two of my favorite verses in the Bible said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. And then the next verse says, and don't forget to thank him for his answers. Don't worry. Don't live in fear. Take control of your, your emotions and your feelings. I really believe there's a close connection between how we think and how you feel. And if you change one, if you change the way you think, it probably more than likely is going to change the way you feel as well. So take ownership of your feelings. Second step I think we need to do is to take ownership of our choices. And this is where I want to get personal for a moment, okay? I just want to get personal for a moment because this is where, for the most part, we tend to try to blame somebody else. And we try to pass off our responsibility. We need to take ownership of our choices and admit when we sin. We need to admit when we sin. And we will do anything we can to keep from admitting that we have sin in our life. Well, I made a, I made a wrong choice. I made a mistake. I slipped up. I goofed. You know what the Bible calls that? Sin. You know, we don't like to say that. Well, you know, I sinned. I shouldn't have done that. I had a, 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 just a temporary lapse. No, the Bible says you sinned. Remember Adam and Eve? They only had one rule. We live in a, in a world today full of rules. They only had one rule. You only have one rule and you can't eat from this tree. And guess what? They still found a way to break that one rule. And then tried to blame it on somebody else. You see, as long as we refuse to accept responsibility for our choices and the consequences, we are going to strangle our spiritual growth and you're going to continue to flounder. I hope you're familiar with the story of David and Bathsheba. David was the king of Israel and he went out on the balcony one day and looked out over his kingdom and lo and behold, there is Bathsheba taking a bath on top of her house. And she was beautiful. So he brought her into the palace. He had sexual relationship with her. And she 
became pregnant, but he sent her back off home. And when he found out she was pregnant, he said, "Uh uh-oh, I need to find a way to cover this up. Her husband, Uriah, was out serving in his army. And so he brought him back, said, hey, give me a report on, on what's going on in the battle. And he said, oh, very good. Okay, now here, I want to, you, here's some food. I want you to go home and celebrate with your wife tonight and enjoy her company. And then tomorrow you can go back to, to the battle. He refused. He slept on the porch. So King David decided, hey, I've got to figure this out. So he got him drunk. And he said, ah, now go home and enjoy your wife. And even drunk, he had morals. And he said, no, I'm not going to do this while my men are out fighting, living in tents, out in a field somewhere. I'm not going to go home and enjoy my wife. So King David wrote a letter, sent this off Uriah, he carried his own death sentence and he went back to the commander and they said, put Uriah on the front line and when the fighting begins in the very fierce part, I want you to pull everybody back and he was struck down and killed. And David, he was thinking, man, I, I, I covered that up until the prophet of God came and confronted him with his sin. And if you look in Psalm 51, we see what David said when he when he was confronted. You know, it, it would have been so easy for him to justify his actions, you know, to say, you know, hey, it's really not my fault. I'm a man, you know, I'm a guy with normal guy feelings. And I mean, for crying out loud, who takes a bath on the roof for people to see? What am I supposed to do? Not look? Or he could have said, you know, I'm the king. I can do what I want to do. Maybe he could have justified it and said, you know, at least I'm not as bad as the king in the next country over, he's a real you know, piece of work. You know, I'm not nearly as bad as him, but this is what he said in Psalm 51, verse 3. He said, I have recognized my shameful deeds. They haunt me day and night. Verse 4, he says, against you and you alone have I sinned. He didn't say, I, I made a mistake. He said, I have sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right when you say, in your judgment against me is just. And then verse 7, he says, Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Don't banish me. Or he says in verse 10, Create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a right spirit in me. Do not banish me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me again the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. And then I will teach your ways to sinners and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. You see what he did? He said, I was wrong. I've sinned, God. I didn't make a bad choice. I didn't slip up or goof up. God, I sinned, and before you, I sinned. I'm going to take responsibility for my actions. I'm not going to blame anybody else. I want to tell you that today, you're here, and where are you at in life is largely because of the responsibility of your actions. And we have to say, well, I can't blame anybody else. Me. 
Now, there may be some situations in your life that are beyond your control that have happened to you that you absolutely have no control over. But how you respond is your choice. Will Smith, he's one of my favorite actors. And I saw a biography of his life. And do you realize he didn't start out as a a movie actor? He started out when he was 16 years old as a rapper. And by the time he was 18, he was already a millionaire. But the problem was he spent money like he was a billionaire. By age 21, he was completely broke. He owed the IRS more than $3 million dollars. And it was at that point in his life he decided, I'm going to take responsibility for what I've done. So he moved out of his big mansion into a little one-bedroom apartment. He decided, I'm going to pick up some gigs, working some TV shows and doing some things. And you may remember he got on this little show called The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And then that led to some movie appearances such as Independence Day, Men in Black, and Bad Boys. And the rest is history. Now he's one of the wealthiest movie stars out there. And he decided, next time I'm successful, I'm not going to take success for granted. But he owned his stuff. He said, I've made some bad choices, and I'm going to correct it. Third step I think we should take is to take ownership of the outcome of our actions. I have a good friend of mine plays the guitar, but he wasn't blessed with a lot of natural music ability. In fact, it just doesn't come natural to him, and so he has to practice really hard. And he said, I have to practice twice as long as the other people to be half as good because I'm just not blessed with this natural ability. How many people pick up the guitar or maybe some other musical instrument and after a few lessons say, you know... This is way harder than I thought it was going to be, so I don't want to work at it that hard, and, and they just give up. They quit. You know, and unfortunately, many people do that in many aspects of their life. They do that with, with their job. You know, this job is just too hard. I, I don't think I'm cut out for it, and they quit maybe just after days or weeks. Or maybe they get into a marriage and, you know, this whole marriage thing is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, and I'm just going to get out. You know, I I just can't live with him or her. Trying to read the Bible every day and to grow spiritually, God, it's so hard, and, you know, it's just easier to blame it on somebody else, you know, because... You know, isn't that the church's responsibility to, to make me grow spiritually? And I want to tell you something. It's not the church's responsibility to make you grow spiritually. That's your responsibility. We can provide you the tools and the opportunities to grow spiritually, but you and you alone are responsible for your spiritual growth. Proverbs 26 verse 13 says, The lazy person claims there's a lion in the road. yes. I'm sure there is a line in the road. Do you know what that is? That's an excuse. That's an excuse for justifying a lack of effort. Because you and you alone are responsible for your progress and your action and the consequence of your sin. Why leave the house when, you know, there might be a lion in the road? 
Why try to make a sale when this client's probably going to say no anyway? Why try to improve my marriage when my spouse probably is going to resist the whole idea? Why try to get my family involved in church and start having devotions when they, they not, may not be very receptive to it? Why seek to do something great for God when we're, it's probably just going to end in failure anyway? It's easier just to say, I'm going to blame it on the lions because there might be a lion in the road. And so I'm going to stay in the safe place and just not try anything. Friends, I want to tell you, it's time that we start accepting responsibility for who we are and what we are and the choices of our action, or the consequence of our actions. It's time that we start owning it. And when we sin, we need to do like King David said, God against you and you only have I sinned. I'm going to come back to baseball. Bill, I know you're going to be happy with this. Connie Mack was one of the greatest managers of baseball history. In fact, there's a league, the Connie Mack Baseball League, that is named after him. But one of the secrets of his success was that he could lead and inspire men, and he knew that people were individuals. Once he had a team that clinched the pennant race, And so he gave his two best pitchers 10 days off to just kind of rest and prepare for the World Series. And one of those guys went on a trip and went fishing. The other one spent every day at the ballpark. But both of them performed flawlessly in the World Series. But he didn't criticize the one who went fishing. In fact, he never criticized players in front of anyone else. And he learned to wait 24 hours before discussing mistakes with players Otherwise, he said he would have dealt with the errors too emotionally. But his first three years as a baseball manager were not good. His teams finished sixth, seventh, and eighth. And so he made a decision to demote himself from the major leagues and he went back to the minors till he could learn to coach, till he could learn to lead and inspire his men and, and to coach men. And when he came back to the major league, he handled his players so successfully and he developed the best teams the world had ever seen. But it wasn't until he decided, I'm going to own my mistakes, and I'm going to demote myself. I want to tell you something, friends. Your progress is up to you. It's not anybody else's job. How you approach your work, that's all on you. How you approach your marriage and your family, it's all on you. How you approach your spiritual life, it's all on you. You and you alone are responsible for the choices and the conduct and the sin in our life. And when we continue to play this blame game, it's going to cripple us. It's going to hold us back. And I want you to know that God is calling each of us to take ownership of our life. Romans 8 37, no, in spite of all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And when you take ownership of your life, you clear the way for God to work in your life. Pray with me. God, as we have looked at this subject of accepting responsibility, Father, I pray that we acknowledge where we fall short. 
And Lord, for most of us, it's a daily thing that we fall short and we need to come and confess to you our sin, our actions. Lord, maybe we need to confess and, and ask for forgiveness from a family member or a loved one or a brother or sister in Christ, next door neighbor, that we need to quit blaming them for our response, but Lord, accept who we are and what we are. Father, you died on the cross so that we can be forgiven of those sins. And I pray that we are strong enough in our faith to confess our sin to you and admit that we are wrong. Take those steps towards correcting. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. My name's Shane, and uh, I was not here for service, and I was, this is not part of the plan. Just really felt strongly to go back and ask if I could say something before we lead into communion. And uh, I consider myself a pretty good dad, a pretty good husband, because um, I compare myself to other people. And when he said, you know, talking about David comparing himself to another king, and I'm, I'm pretty good. I'll just be honest that today, Alan, that, that hit hard, that I need to own it. And I come home from work and I'm tired and you know, I'm going to just chill. And uh, my kids need me to be like, put energy in work that's great at work. But I come home and my my job, it, and I just need to own that. I, I put too much energy, too much time, too much thought, too much of my myself into my job. When I get home, I need to be a husband that leads my family and my wife and my kids and I just I want to second that. I want to thank you for saying that. And I just want to come forward as a as just another guy, as part of our family here at Oakwood, and say I'm going to own it. I'm going to I'm going to take Facebook off my phone to where I can just on my computer. Uh, I'm going to do a couple things and make some changes. I'm going to start being a little more active with some devotions. I'm going to get with Shayla and make some commitments. Hey, these are some things that we need to do because I need to stop making excuses. I'm going to own it, and I challenge you to do the same.